Well, good morning to you. Grateful to see you. If you are new to LifePoint, my name is Ed Travers. I'm the teaching pastor here at this campus in Westerville. Grateful to have you. Let me encourage you to do one thing. So if you are new or new-ish to LifePoint, take out your phone and turn on the camera and put it on the QR code on a chair in front of you. You'll see those little QR codes. Or type in lpguest.com. That'll take you to our landing page that is our online connect card. So all the information you might wanna know about our church, you can find there. Uh, that, uh, you know, upcoming events, things like that. You can follow along in the sermon notes. If you click that, there's actually interactive. You can write down notes that, that you're thinking about uh, and you can email those to yourself. There's uh, a guest information button. If you'll do me a favor and hit that button, fill out a little bit of information and let us know how you heard about LifePoint. That's what is of a great interest to me. And then scroll down. There are five ministries we support from all of our campuses. If you find one that's of interest to you, just click the box and we'll do an extra $5 donation uh, to one of those, to whichever one you choose, just as a way to say thanks for checking in with us. And it's a great way to partner with all of our other guests at campuses today uh, to make a dent and uh, do something really good. Um, I've got to say two quick things about next week. So next week, uh, we are going to start life groups again. So our life group launch is next week. If you've not been part of a life group yet and you're interested, uh, and, and I can't stress enough how important they are to our church uh, and, and beneficial to you, um, if you're not connected, when you leave into the hallway uh, out in the lobby, there are little booklets you can pick up that'll give you information. And if you have any questions at all, go to Guest Central and Pastor Dustin will be there and you can ask him and he'll give you some information about groups and maybe help you get connected. So... Uh, that and also Starting Point is next week. Starting Point is a class that we do uh, that is our, think of it as like the icebreaker to LifePoint. You get to come, ask questions. We can ask questions, get to know you, you get to know us. And it's just a great class. It happens during one of our services. And so uh, just a great way to connect. So those two things uh, I want to tell you about. So that said, uh, I was thinking about something this week, and maybe you've thought about this. If you had moments in your life that are so um, just monumental, they change you. Uh, they make a mark on your soul. Like, you know, when, when you get married uh, or maybe when you have kids, you meet Jesus. Like moments like that, right? So I wanna tell you about a moment like that from my childhood and, and maybe you guys can identify. I was 10 years old and I lived on the west side of Columbus and I went to Georgian Heights Elementary School. Here's a little picture, Georgian Heights. Uh, it didn't look that great when I was there. Uh, didn't have air conditioning, it was a beat up old building. Uh, but I had something happen there that was so monumental in my life. You see, there was a girl in the fifth grade class uh, that was just beautiful. Her name was Linda Eastep. She had long flowing brown hair. It was feathered back. Some of you guys don't even know what that means, but I'm telling you, she looked like a young, fair faucet with brown hair. I mean, she was beautiful. Everyone in the school knew it. And here's the thing. I was feeling inside. I, I wanted to tell her. I wanted to profess to her. I wanted her to be my girlfriend. And so one day I thought, I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell her. And so I asked her on a Friday. I said, Linda, may, may I walk you home from school? And she said, sure. Now, the thing is, I didn't realize where she lived, but she lived very far away on the opposite end of where I live. So now we're walking to her place, which I don't know how far it is. We're just walking. The whole time, the pressure's building. So I'm like, I got to say something, but I didn't know what to say. I'd never been through this before. I was a complete rookie. And I'm like, I've got to tell her. So I'm, I'm trying to well up the nerve and we're making small talk and we're walking and walking and walking. And the further we're walking, the more I'm thinking, this is going to be a long walk back. But you know, relationships are hard work, I've been told. So at 10 years old, I knew. And so I finally got to the end. She goes, uh, well, this is where I live. And then I blurted it out. I think I said it very clearly, but I think I might've mumbled it. Something like, do you want to be my girlfriend? I mean, and she giggled and turned around and she went to her house. I'll see you Monday. I'm like, what was that? 
Like she didn't say anything. And now, now I gotta walk all the way back. So now I'm walking back and every step is like just killing me because I'm like, she didn't say anything. What happens on Monday? I mean, maybe she doesn't like me. I'm gonna be humiliated. The whole school's gonna know. I'm gonna literally wear a shirt that says Linda Estep rejected me. And everyone's gonna know. And then all weekend, it's not like you had, I know some of you guys aren't gonna believe this, but there's no like, Facebook, so there's no like, oh, we're official. Like, there's no way to contact her. I'm just all weekend long. It was the worst weekend of my life, and I, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, on Monday I'm going to go into school and I'm going to, I'm just going to have to do it again. I'm going to have to say something. So recess on Monday, and I go to her. I said, I say, hey, Linda, um, remember on Friday when we were walking home, and, and I asked you if you wanted to be my my girlfriend. She goes, I told you yes on Friday, and that's when it hit me. True happiness for the first time, I, I knew, like, the prettiest girl in school wanted to be my girlfriend. My life was changed forever. On Friday, we broke up, so um, <laughs> we grew apart. The distance thing, I mean, she was into Barbies, I was into kickball, like, we didn't work out. So, but isn't that how life is? I know at 10, you learn it, but you, you think this thing's gonna make you happy, but it's like sand, it just drifts through your fingers. And, and no matter what you want out of life, sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. It's just, it's like you're constantly grasping at something to make you happy, right? Well, we're in a series we're calling Playlist. We're going through the Psalms, and here's the big idea we're sharing every week, is that God writes the lyrics of our souls in the Psalms. This incredible book of, of songs and poems and a little bit of prophecy, they're, they're prayers to God. And in these, it really covers the entirety of human emotion. One person said that if you need language to talk to God, to actually pray to him, the Psalms give you the language to talk to God, no matter what you're going through. And, and now I'm not 10, right? I'm a little bit older than 10. And I've learned that happiness is a thing that we all want. We all long for it. In fact, I, I read a, um, a, a report this week that said that 29% of Americans, this is like a 40-year study, the average per year, 29% of Americans say that they're truly happy. The low was 2020, that was 14%. But that means that seven out of 10 people on any given moment aren't very happy. Isn't that interesting? And here's... The other thing, I, I used to work at Ohio State University where there were a lot of internationals and I met people from all over the world. And here's what I can tell you that is true of every person I've ever met, regardless of age or culture, everybody wants to be happy. And if you talk to them, everyone has a different version of what happiness looks like. So happiness by its definition is not a character trait as much as it is a feeling that you have this sense of fulfillment, a feeling of excitement or elation or whatever it is, but it's fleeting and everybody wants to be happy. So it begs the question, does God care? When it comes to faith and our relationship with God, if this is a thing that we all want, that we're all feeling inside, we all wanna be happy, is God even concerned with our happiness? I mean, I think that's a legitimate question that we should ask. And what is his view on the whole thing? So that's what we're gonna look at today. If you have a Bible, go to Psalm 1, and we're gonna dig into this. And let's take a second and let's just ask God to be in our time, okay? Um, Father, I know that you have a purpose for all of us here, and I'm asking you would use your word Use your Holy Spirit to speak to us. Talk to our hearts. Dig deep, Lord, into our souls and help us understand what you're trying to say to us today. And we ask that in your son's name, amen. Amen. Well, if you're following along in the app or on um, you know, lpguest.com, I'm gonna share three things just to kind of keep you walking along with me as I share. The first one is this, is that God lets us know where we won't find happiness. 
All right? Now, Psalms 1, the very first line, I want you to hear this. Blessed is the man. Now, the word blessed in the Hebrew basically means happy. Blessed, that to be happy, happy is the man, or you could say mankind or anyone listening, happy is the man. So the very first line of this incredible book, this important transitional book for all of life, the very first line seems to hit right where we all are. We all want to be happy, and so God is going to tell us, this is what it means. Happy is the person, and then he tells us where we're not going to find it. Happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. So let me break these down. I was, I was listening to another communicator, another teacher author who kind of broke these down. And here's what he said. Um, so that the walk's not in the counsel of the wicked. The wicked are those who live their lives as if there's no God. So uh, you don't want to take counsel from people who just don't care about God whatsoever. Um, and then the second one there is that nor, so you're not going to find happiness there. You're not going to find happiness if you stand in the way of sinners. That means that you are, you're literally in with them on their way of life. And this, this writer said, sinners live their lives as if they don't care about God. So the wicked think, ah, I don't, I don't even know that God exists. I don't even care. And the sinners, ah, well, you know, I know what God says. I just, I'm not gonna follow it. I'm gonna do my own thing. So it, you can't be happy that way, nor can you be happy if you sit in the seat of scoffers. To sit in the seat of scoffers means you're right up with them. You're agreeing with them. Scoffers, this writer said, scoffers live their lives bristling against God. So they're not saying God doesn't exist. They hear what God says and they say, no, uh-uh, that's not right. I'm not about that. So what God is telling us is if you wanna be happy, then you, you don't do this. These three things, these, this, this way of life, and here's what I've learned about life. Everybody has an opinion about how to be happy. I mean, we're not just talking about the self-help books. Like, there's talking heads. I mean, your neighbors, your family members have a way to tell you to be happy. I am sure, if you asked me, I would tell you how to be happy. Like, we all have an opinion. And, and it doesn't matter what the topic, we will tell you, this is what you need to do to be happy. This is what you need to do to be happy. And what God is saying here to us is, if you really wanna be happy, you need to discern, you need to pay attention to those who are giving you advice because any of these people, <clears throat> these people who live their lives as if God doesn't exist or they don't care about what I'm trying to say or they're literally bristling against me, if you buy into them and let them influence your life, you are not gonna be happy. That's what God is saying to us. All right, well, I mean, we're surrounded by people uh, that are trying to influence our life and, and the reality is everyone's trying to influence us. You know, it wasn't that long ago, just a couple years ago, it occurred to me how bad Hollywood is because Hollywood is always trying to tell you what morality is. Have you noticed that? Like the movies, the shows, they all have like a moral bent and they want to tell you this is what it means to be moral. And then you see the Me Too movement and most of Hollywood is completely bankrupt of any morality whatsoever. And you're like, I don't know that you guys should be writing about morality. And yet they want to tell you. And then you find out people who, you know, who are giving you all the advice and then they're not even happy. And then you're like, well, who's, who's giving us the advice? You have to discern. You have to be wise about those who are giving you advice. Who are you gonna allow to influence your life? And God's saying, look, if you, if you allow these influences out there to influence you, it's not gonna work. Now, let me give you a quick example um, from my life. <clears throat> I was a young man, but God really helped me, I think. Um, I was in my first year of marriage, and this was 25 years ago. Um, Tammy and I struggled in our first year of marriage. Uh, the truth is we're just different. 
And I, I mean, we get along great, uh, good chemistry. Like I enjoy her. I thoroughly enjoy her. But we are different um, in many ways. Like she's, she's a girl and I'm a guy. That alone, that, that's a big deal. I mean, people write books about that. Um, we don't think the same. <clears throat> then there's the fact that I grew up in a very large family and she's an only child. Just the way I was, my life was framed for me is different from her and it, it, we don't see life the same. Um, I'm an extreme extrovert and she's an extreme introvert. That causes problems. I didn't realize that. Uh, that was a problem. Then, uh, you know, here's one I didn't understand until later. We learned about love languages and those of you who've been married or maybe did some, you know, relationship coaching, you understand that people perceive love differently. Our love languages are on two different ends of the spectrum. I mean, all of the stuff in our lives I mean, we just clashed at certain moments and it would cause friction. And so I go to this guy who's an older guy who I think, oh, he's older. He's gotta be smarter and wiser than me. Not that's that hard. But I'm like, I'm gonna find someone who knows what they're doing. So I go to this guy and I just explain the whole thing. So we're having these struggles, this, that, and the other. And this is the advice he gives me. He says, Ed, listen, you wanna be happy. And if she ain't making you happy, you need to find someone who's make, who will make you happy. Now, in that moment, I felt like the Holy Spirit goes, he's an idiot. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I think he's an idiot. I really do think he's an idiot. Like, this is bad advice. I'm looking for someone to help me figure out how to be married well. You're not helping. And they're out there. Your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your family members, sometimes your parents, sometimes it's me. We give bad advice sometimes. And what, what God is saying is that be very careful and discern. Discern the kind of wisdom you're gonna take from people or it's not gonna work. That's what he's saying. Don't do that. You need to discern. So, all right, okay, so be careful there. I get that. Blessed is the man, happy is the man. And then he gives us the second thing, and here's the deal. Happiness in God's kingdom is counterintuitive. Now, before I go there, I need to explain the, the kingdom of God just in case. We've done an entire series about the kingdom of God. But when I say the kingdom of God, I want you to know what I'm saying. So the kingdom of God is not, um, you know, God and Jesus are king. I mean, they are. God is the creator, Jesus is king of kings and Lord of lords. Like they don't sit on thrones in a castle with a bunch of army people in their, you know, their metal outfits or whatever that, you know, like, and they're just expanding geography, taking more space. That's not how the kingdom advances. In the kingdom of God, it advances one heart at a time. You see, when we recognize God, we realize, okay, yes, he is the king. Like you, you recognize he's the authority over life and some people never get there. But when you get there, here's the thing you start to realize. There's a problem between us and him and we can feel it in our soul and it's sin that causes that. It's called brokenness. Sin breaks everything it touches. So when that brokenness hits us and we realize it and then we go, there's a moment when you go, I think I'm the problem. It's my sin that caused this. I didn't do it God's way. And we've all done it. We've all put our hand in God's face. And said, I'm doing this my way. I wanna be king of my life. And we, we do that and it breaks things and we feel it in our soul. And then we try to look around at other people and say, well, they're worse than us, but the deal is we're all broken. That's a part you have to get to in the kingdom of God. And then you realize that God sent his son to die on a cross to pay the penalty for sin. Like God dealt with sin. He didn't sweep it under the carpet. He was like, well, boys will be boys. No, he's, he dealt with sin on the cross. And then Jesus Christ rose from the grave. The grace and mercy of God on display. And he paid for all sin. His blood can wash us away. And then his Holy Spirit goes to all of us to convince us of the truth of the message that if we just simply surrender to Christ by faith, his blood will be applied to us and wash away our sins and therefore we will gain his righteousness that only he deserves. We will get that simply because he wants to give it to us 
We'll come to him in faith. And then when that happens, the Holy Spirit comes in our life and then we are members of the kingdom of God. He's saying in the kingdom of God, happiness is actually counterintuitive. Here's what he says, all right? Happy is the man, verse one, who, verse two, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Okay, all right, um, this this isn't gonna sell real well, but what you're saying is you will be happy so long as you delight in the law of God and meditate on his law day and night. This, I think what it should say, this is just Ed Travers talking here. Blessed is the man who, when you, when you meditate on his law and you delight in it, you're gonna get everything you've ever dreamed of. You're gonna be super happy because you're gonna hit the lotto like every day, like wealth on wealth on wealth. And everyone's gonna respect you uh, you're gonna have perfect health. Uh, everyone's gonna laugh at your jokes. No one's ever gonna cut you off in traffic ever again if you just if you just turn to God. Like that would sell. And the truth is, deep down, we all have desires that we want to be fulfilled. And this is saying, actually, no, that's not gonna do it for you. Happiness is actually to delight in His law and meditate on it day and night. So what does this mean? So. With a little bit of research, you can look up and, and realize that when he's saying the law of the Lord, he's not saying the Ten Commandments and the Levitical law. What he's saying is the counsel of God. You're allowing God to direct your life. It's his instruction for you. It's, it's him being the authority. And when you, when you lean into him and allow him to guide your life, then you literally meditate. You take time to think through what he's telling you and you allow it to influence your life that person will actually be happy. That's what he's saying. And it seems counter because what you'd expect is, oh, if you're gonna be happy, you need to have great relationships. If you're gonna be happy, you need to acquire this. You need to get a better of that. You need to have a better, I mean, that's what we're told. You need, whatever that feeling is inside, you need to affirm that. And if everyone else around you affirms it, then you'll be truly happy. And you know what? It doesn't work. I have lived long enough and met enough people and I've I've experienced enough to realize that those things that you think are gonna make you happy one minute, even if you get them, they don't work next. And then life happens to you. It's like sand going through your hands. He's saying, no, no, that's not how it works. In the kingdom of God, it's counterintuitive. You know what Jesus said? Let me read this to you. I'm not, I'm not even gonna let it on the screen. Just listen. Jesus talking about the kingdom of God and about happiness. Remember, every time he says blessed, he's saying happy. He says Blessed are the poor in spirit, for those is the, theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil on account of me and rejoice and be glad for your, they persecuted the, those who come before you in the same way. This is Jesus telling us, look, if you really wanna be happy, and it just seems completely opposite of everything we would be told by the world. I, I think 
we think are, we're gonna be happy if we had less restraint. And I've met plenty of people who believe that. Like, if God would just stop trying to cramp my relationships, cramp my sex life, cramp my identity, cramp my success, my finances, my time, if he would quit trying to cramp me, then I'd be happy. I meet people like that all the time. And we kind of think it, and yet he's not a God who's trying to restrain us. He's trying to protect us like a father would. And look, we've all had parents, and maybe not all your parents are the same level of, of good, right? Uh, but if you've had kids, you understand this. We protect our kids. We do that for their benefit. Like, you don't let your kid play in the street. You don't give your kid, you know, candy for dinner. Like, and sometimes when you take away something from them because you know it's not good for them, they just scream bloody murder at you. Like, I'm calling Child Protective Services because you took away my phone. I'm like, I took away your phone, you can't call. Like, this is how this sometimes works. God is a God who's trying to protect us. This is, this is why the word of God is so important. It's not just the Bible and knowing the Bible, but God uses the Bible to speak to your heart from him to you personally. He's trying to talk to us. He's trying to guide us. He's trying to lead us. This is why we do life groups. You know, next week when we do the life group launch, we do that every summer. We do like every other week. It's super chill. But every life group you go to, generally speaking, we allow the word of God to be the centerpiece of what we do there. On Sundays, we always have the word of God to be the centerpiece, to be preached over you so that the word of God seeps into your soul. Why? Because as the word of God, the instruction of God seeps into your heart, it starts to guide you. And what it does is it develops a trust for the one who's giving it. Because in the midst of life, even when life gets hard, I need to trust in the one who's trying to guide my life. Because if I do, then I know he can use whatever's happening for something better in my life. All right. So kingdom, kingdom in a hap, you know, happiness in the kingdom of God is counterintuitive. You can't find it here by following the world. I need to find it in you and in your direction, God. So what does it look like? I mean, what does this actually look like? Um, and here's the third point. True happiness always benefits others. If you wanna know what it looks like, it's always gonna look like that person who's truly happy is always gonna be a benefit to other people. Look at what he says here. Remember, verse one, blessed is the man. Don't, don't do this. Allow my instruction to, to seep into your soul. And here's what it'll look like. It'll be like a tree. This person will be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Isn't that interesting? So, all right, God, what you're saying is that if I just trust in you and allow myself to trust in you, I'll be like a tree that's, that's next to a river and, and my fruit is always gonna be produced? Yes, now in that culture, it was a dry land. So if there was a stream, that's where the trees were. And why? Because the roots go down and they go towards the water and that's how they find their life, right? The, the right nourishment, the right atmosphere and water and trees always produce. That's what he's saying. Your life is gonna be like that. So what is his, his word of God? His instruction is like the living water that flows to your life. And if your roots are deep and connected, and it doesn't matter what the season is. And, and look, trees have to weather seasons, right? That, that it goes through winter, it goes through the hot time, but in the right season, the fruit comes. That's what he's saying. Your life will be like a tree that's gonna produce fruit in the right season. It doesn't mean the circumstances are always gonna be perfect. What it means is, if you're just clinging to God, those roots are deep, fruit will be produced. Now, so what does that mean? Well, I say it always benefits others. Let me tell you where I get that. Remember, Jesus talked about fruit and trees in a couple different ways. One of them, he said, is that you'll know a tree by its fruit. 
right? You're never gonna see an apple tree produce pears. It just doesn't happen. You know an apple tree because there's apples on it. So he's saying the believer, those who've clung to God are always gonna produce fruit. Then the apostle Paul wrote about fruit. He said, the fruit of the spirit is this, love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Those things start to come out, I would say naturally, but more likely supernaturally, in the life of those whose roots are digging into the instruction of God and allowing him to speak into their life. It just starts to happen. That's why it's a benefit to others. In fact, Jesus said that a, a tree or, or, or you know, a tree that blooms is like the word of God, a seed falls on the soil and the soil is good. That means your heart is good. You hear the word of God, you hear the instruction of God and you take it in and you allow it to produce fruit in your life and you, that tree grows up and produces fruit like 30, 60, 100 fold. That's what Jesus said about it. And, and there's another place he talked about. He said, look, that, that when that comes to fruition in the kingdom of God, those people become like a haven for the birds come into the tree. Why? Because fruit, fruit always is refreshing and nourishing to other people. So what does it mean to be happy in the kingdom of God? Those who allow the word of God and allow the, the direction of God himself to influence their life always become a blessing to other people. And here's what I've learned. People who are unhappy are rarely a blessing to others. It's just hard to be so consumed by your circumstances, so consumed by those moments to actually be a blessing to others. I mean, it's hard. I've been through those seasons where you're just trying to, trying to white knuckle it and like, I just gotta hang on. But in time, allowing God to influence you, it actually becomes a blessing to others around you. That's what God's trying to do in your life. That's what he's trying to do in my life. I, let, me, let me give you an example of what I mean by this. So I have this couple in my life. They're, they're super nice people. I met them like six or seven years ago. Um, and some of you guys know them, my buddy Wes and his wife, Allie. Now, Wes, he's always encouraging to me. And so I, I love hanging out with him. And, you know, he's just a good encourager. His wife, Allie, she's kind of snarky. She has a little bit of a wicked sense of humor. And she can be, you know, like I, I really enjoy it. Uh, and because she's witty, like sometimes it comes out just right. And I'm like, I mean, she's just funny. And um, so I, I like that part. She's also clever. And so she, she's a teacher out of school. And so on, on, like for a couple years on Fridays, she would sing a song to the kids on like information they needed but she would put it to the tune of like musical lyrics from like famous musicals and songs and she would sing it to the kids. So all the kids thought she was funny and clever, which she is. And so they just love her, right? And uh, like, I like that about her. Um, but when you know her, here's what you're gonna find out about her. Like, and I know her husband better, but here's what you find. If you take a little bit of time, here's what you're gonna find out about my friend Allie is that she's got some wounds and scars in her life. Uh, when she was in her mid-20s, her mom, who she adored, passed away of cancer. And her mom was a wonderful believer, influenced her life to know Jesus. And so she lost her mom. And, and even though it's been years, if you catch her at the right minute, you can see it well up in her. There's a, there's a pain underneath the surface of her life that's impacted her life deeply. If you catch her at the right minute, you see it. Last Sunday, um, I, was, I got done uh, or it was two Sundays ago or whatever it was, I don't remember. And um, I think it was last Sunday and I came down off the stage and I saw Wes um, and I said, hey, Wes, what's going on? He, he encouraged me. Hey, great sermon, pastor, yada, yada. Just sometimes I think he just says it to make me feel, bad, feel good, um, which I appreciate. But I look over and there's a woman with Allie and they're just sobbing. I'm like, Wes, what's up, man? What's up with Allie? He goes, man, it's been a hard week. I said, what happened? He goes, well, there's a girl at school who just lost her mom of cancer. And uh, 
so like six months ago or something like that, when, whenever a kid in the school is struggling with something like that, they ask the kid, hey, is there a teacher that you trust that you'd like to talk to? And this young girl picked Allie because she knew what Allie you know, had experienced and they had a, a rapport. And so she picked Allie. So Allie had been walking with her uh, in all of that. And that particular week was the week that her mom passed away. And that, that young girl called Allie. They developed that kind of rapport and relationship. And now Allie you know, is not only comforting her and helping her walk through this, but she's helping her siblings. And you know, she takes them out to get them clothes for the funeral. And just she's trying to be a mom. She's trying to pick up some space where mom can't be and just help the kids. And, and she's walking with them in the midst of cancer. Who's gonna know cancer better than, than Allie? Who knows what it's like to, to mourn the loss than Allie? And so now she's helping these people grieve. And the Bible says that in Romans that we, we mourn with those who mourn. We laugh with those who laugh, yes, but we mourn with those who mourn. The fruit of what's happening in Allie's life, I'm watching it play out and I'm sitting back and I almost started crying because I'm like, this is beautiful. This is what the kingdom of God is all about. Look, is life perfect? No. Is everything broken because of sin? Yes. Is God gonna completely fix it one day? Absolutely. But in the meantime, the kingdom of God is advancing one heart at a time and he uses believers like us to share the message of hope. And sometimes that looks like mourning with those who mourn. I'm watching that play out and I think this is, this is beautiful fruit that God's producing in Ali's life, as hard as it is. So I'm, I'm preparing on Tuesday of this week, it's May 2nd, I'm preparing and I'm thinking, I'm reading this passage and I'm like, you know what? I think Allie is a big, good picture. So I want to share the story. But I, I had to get permission because I know her. She's, she doesn't want to be embarrassed and doesn't want me to make a big deal of her. So I thought, I'll call her and I'll just manipulate her. Like I'll make her say yes, right? Um, I called her. I said, so what's going on? And she told me the story. She just said, she goes, Ed, honestly, that's not even the only one. There was another girl a couple years ago, like a nine-year-old in the same situation. She goes, I can't tell you the countless times I've been able to help adults who've lost their family members or loved ones, but the kids, there's just something about it. She currently has 30 young ladies that meet with her before school to go through the word of God together. Not to learn rules, not to learn a religion, but to know this Jesus that she knows, that she has that kind of influence. Fruit is being produced in her life and it came from and was cultivated in when hard times hit, she dug the roots deep towards God. So she's telling me this story and I'm just kind of marveling at that. And here's what she says to me. And I realize something bigger is happening even in this moment. She goes, Ed, here's the funny thing. Yesterday was May 1st and I was starting a new reading plan. So I thought, Psalm 1, I'll just read Psalm 1. And she goes, yesterday I was praying and I said, God, will you please make me like the tree? I'm sitting in that moment, I'm like, I think God may have just hijacked me to talk to his daughter, to remind her, yes, I am making you like the tree. That's what it means. Happy are those who delight in his law, in his instruction. Why? Because it's a personal relationship. This isn't God of the universe who, who created just the cosmos. He did that. It's not God who put us in the perfect solar system with a perfect sized sun, the perfect earth, the perfect distance. Like he did all of that. He invented DNA. He made it so that we could be here. He's got 7 billion people and he knows you personally and he wants a relationship with you. And in that moment, those who, who delight in God, God has a way of talking to them at the right moment. I'm sitting in that moment like this is exactly what's happening. God is talking to his daughter and reminding her, I'm with you in the midst of this hard time. That's what he wants. And when that happens, fruit gets produced. This is the thing about the tree. 
Everyone knows what a tree looks like. Not all trees are healthy. Like you see trees that sometimes a limb is hanging off, but if they're connected to the water, they're gonna regrow. And if you open up trees, sometimes you see the rings and the, well, some of the rings have some vents in them, right? Because they, they had to deal with some stuff. And if you're in the room and you're dealing with stuff, I wanna tell you, hang on, keep the roots deep to God. You might be in a season where you cling to him and that's the only way is you just need to cling to him. And there, that's a season. But trust me, There'll be fruit on the other side of this. It's a promise. God uses all things together for the good for those who are called according to his purpose. When you, it's another way of saying, when you're in that season of, of, of difficulty and struggle, cling to me and I'll be with you. And eventually that's gonna become the fruit of your life and the fruit for other people. That's what he's trying to do. And, and let, me, let me ask you, like for some of you came in the room today and you say, I don't know that I have a relationship with God. Let me ask you, where do you turn? Like, where do you turn? Do you think if you just get a newer kitchen, it's gonna work? I mean, do you think if you get a better job or more parent job, or maybe you get better vacations, or gosh, if you get some relationship advice, or I mean, where do you turn? I think what Jesus said is, come to me all who are weary, are burdened by life, by religion, and trying to impress me, or finding things the wrong way. Come to me if you're tired, and I'll give you rest for your soul. My burden is easy. That burden is his way of saying, look, I have a way about doing things that's actually gonna protect your life and produce fruit. But come to me, that's what he's saying, come to me. And I'm, I'm gonna give you refreshment for your soul. He's the living water that helps you grow and become a tree. Guys, I, I know people who have oak tree faith and they're some of the most joy-filled, happy people I've ever met. But if you talk to them, they got limbs that were broken. I've met other people who are completely bitter. They look at the circumstance and they lean into the circumstance and they think, why isn't it different without clinging to the purpose of which God might be bringing that hard time into their life? So wherever you're at, I just wanna help you cling to God. So let's take a second to pray. Let's stand, pray. We're gonna sing another song of praise to God. I wanna remind you that, you know, if you're here and you're thinking, all right, but I want it to be better. I want it... I don't, I don't like this. I don't like the way it feels when it's hard. Let me say Jesus gets you like he was there on the cross. He understands pain, but he died on the cross to pay the penalty for sin because he knew the fruit it would produce. And many of us are sitting in this room, the beneficiary of his pain. He saw our sin and says, I'll, I'll pay for that. Like we're over here acting the way we wanna act, doing what we wanna do, putting our hand in God's face. He's like, I'll pay for that. How many times is he gonna do it? All of them. All of them. Wherever you're at, I want you to remember that in your soul. If you're struggling, I'm gonna ask you to kind of close your eyes and bow your head and talk to God. If you're in the middle of a season, it's a little overwhelming. I want you to say to God right now, God, see me. I'm gonna pray for you in a second. Maybe for some of you, you came in today and you've allowed your habit of taking in the word of God to become a little lax. I'm just gonna remind you today, talk to God and say, God, help me get more connected to your instruction into my life. Help me listen with ears to hear you. And if you came in the room today and you say, Ed, I don't know that I've ever made it right with God. It's a simple step of faith that puts you in the kingdom of God. Not you impressing him, not you doing some list like, oh, look what I did, God. None of that matters. What he wants is your faith. 
Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And you can take a simple step of faith to make it right with God right now. And I'll walk you in a prayer in just a second to do that. Let me, let me pray for those who are hurting first. God, um, I know that uh, there are those in the room that are going through relationship strife, financial strife, health strife, struggles. God, I'm praying for your mercy and your grace that they would feel your presence. God, help them to cling to you until you use this to become fruit in their life and for others. And God, I, I ask that you would put people in their life to help them, help them not walk alone, but you would, you would connect them, Lord. Lord, for those who are just struggling with disciplines of taking in your word, God, help us. Help us always to take in your word and to, to cling to what you're saying to us. And, and for those in the room who've never made a decision to follow Jesus, to ever make it right with you, if you're in the room and that's you, here's what you do. It's a simple step of faith. Say to God in heaven, God in heaven, I believe in you. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross and I believe he rose from the grave. Just tell him that, God, I believe. And the Bible says, anyone who calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Say to Jesus right now, Jesus, please forgive me. I know I've sinned against you. I'm owning it right now. I know it was me. I'm, I'm owning that. Jesus, will you please forgive me? I am sorry. Just tell him that. And you call on him like this. You simply say, Jesus, I wanna follow you. I want you to lead rather than me. Will you please accept a simple step of faith in my life, Jesus, and lead my life? You need to know that simple step of faith is all that's required of you to make it right with God because he paid the price already for you. To be a follower of Christ means you just simply follow him as best you can. And one of the ways he does, I'm gonna help you take a first step. I do this every Sunday. If you wanna take a first step and you just pray to make it right, Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven and before the entire kingdom. It's a big deal to him. If you just prayed, I'm gonna ask you to acknowledge that between you and me, just by raising your hand up and saying, today was my day. If that's you, anywhere in the room, just raise your hand up high enough I can see and say, Ed, I want you to see and God, I want you to see. God, I know that you have a purpose for all of us in the room. and um, You're trying to meet us where we're at. God, for some of us, you're meeting us right in our pain. I pray that your healing, healing presence would just make yourself known to us. Give us peace in the midst of the pain. God, teach us to cling to you until you use it for your benefit and for ours. God, heal us, help us. God, I pray that you would use it for those in the room who are taking small steps with you, I pray you meet them in their steps. We ask all in your son's name.